Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lamp here. And my guest today has her own company called The Wellness Apothecary, Dr. Tiana Reed. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I know that that word is, uh, it, it, it gets everybody every time. It's apothecary. <laughs> See, you're a professional because you you, you, you pronounced it before I even asked you to do it. <laughs> What is it? Say it again for the guests, for the people. Apothecary. And what is it? So that's the, so before the pharmacists evolved, we were called apothecaries. So that's uh, the original name of a pharmacist. We were called apothecaries. And um, the reason why they were called apothecaries is now when you go to a pharmacist, they, you, they pretty much just give you your prescription, right? But back then, they would also diagnose you and make something for you based on what you came to the counter with as far as symptoms. Hmm. So, so that's what you do? You, you actually prescribe medicine? No, now, so I, I'm a traditional pharmacist. Well, I'll actually say I, I started off as a traditional pharmacist. So I um, went to Xavier University of Louisiana. Um, it's a Black Catholic HBCU in New Orleans. Um, and I completed my doctorate of pharmacy there. I actually graduated the same year as Hurricane Katrina. Wow. Damn. So Katrina hit in August and I graduated that May. So I got a crash course on working in a pharmacy during a natural disaster, one of the most catastrophic ones that we have on record next to this pandemic. <laughs> so let me, okay, so let me back, let's back up a little bit. You, because okay. Katrina happened in August. So mm -hmm. the following year is when you? No, oh. I graduated the same year of Katrina. Oh, okay, so you graduated before Katrina happened. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Wow, so you got a, you got a crash course, you went right in. Right. What was that like? Cause you didn't really get a chance to like. Yeah, like... it was crazy. I got, so after you take, well, after you graduate, of course you have to take um, board exams. So I had just gotten done with taking my board exams and passed that July. And then Hurricane Katrina happened later that month. So I never forget, usually, I mean, working, um, just growing up in Louisiana, you're kind of used to the, the normal procedures that you would do during a hurricane. So usually you would just get all your supplies, evacuate. But now as a professional, I didn't have that option. And I actually worked that entire weekend. So I never forget being at the pharmacy counter and my mom calling me that Saturday. So Katrina hit that Monday. And my mom called me Saturday and told me, I'm in Houston. <laughs> well, she was right outside of Houston. Ah. She was like, when you get off from work, <laughs> you need to come and meet the rest of us. And I was like, wow, y'all just left me. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, they, so the area that I'm from to just kind of give you the, like to logistically think of it. So when you fly into New Orleans, the city that you fly into is called Kenner. So you don't actually fly into actual New Orleans. Um, and so the area that I'm from is called Laplace. Um, my mom actually lives a little bit further up, actually closer to the airport. So she lives about about 10 miles from the airport. So she's 
if you notice when you fly into the next time, if you, when you fly into Louisiana, well, into the New Orleans airport, you, you're flying over a swamp as you're coming, as you're landing. So mm. where I'm from is right around that swamp area. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, to, so they basically had mandatory evacuation. Um, the area that I lived in right after graduation was closer toward the Baton Rouge area. Um, so basically like six o'clock that evening, the pharmacy closed. It was like crazy. People were in there going crazy, um, trying to get everything filled. The pharmacy closed at six. I had some friends that I went to um, school with that drove with me and I, um, it was like the longest ride ever to get to Texas. Usually Texas from right outside of Baton Rouge would take you about four hours and it took us eight. Dang. And to kind of give you an idea, like if you looked at gas stations, like every, um, I live in DC now. So every time I look at this Costco gas station and see all these cars there, it gives me flashbacks of Katrina. Cause that's how the gas stations looked <laughs> Man, everywhere you went when you were trying to evacuate. That is man. <laughs> what like what was you what was you thinking as you was leaving? Like did you did you did, I don't I, I I guess it's hard to say, but did you realize the magnitude of Katrina when you were no, leaving? No, we didn't. Like we used to be excited to have like a hurricane vacation and I never forget my grandma. It it wasn't until Sunday when we were all in the hotel and we were like, "Okay, this is starting to get real serious." You know, like people, like the water is getting too high. You know, they're starting to have to rescue people. Like this is getting, you know, out of hand. And so then I never forget. So I worked as, as a pharmacist for CVS. And I mean, CVS does great things, but I, I had vowed never to work for them after Katrina because I just never forget. They called me so that Katrina hit that Monday. They asked me to come back to work Tuesday. And I was like, why? <laughs> like there's no power. <laughs> what, 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 what was you supposed to do with no power? Well, I, they their rationale was like, well, if someone needs medicine, we need somebody to be there. And I was like, okay, we're under martial law. <laughs> so I was Damn. like, you know what? Okay, so we drove back. Um, my colleagues from because they uh, worked at a um, they worked for Walgreens. We drove back. Went to work the next day. So soon before before nightfall hit, we left because it was like there's no sense in staying here, you know. And and if it was ever a day where we felt like it was not enough people because it was too dangerous to just be sitting outside, well, sitting in a pharmacy with no power, anything like that during that time. So um eventually they had to bring in once the um once they were able to get power back up they eventually had to bring pharmacists in from other areas but it was so sad because i saw so many of my colleagues that actually were from new orleans that they all got displaced mm. they all had to go work in neighboring um neighboring states like texas or atlanta some of them ended up staying there um so i stayed in new orleans a year after Katrina, I also worked um, at the only hospital that they had left after Katrina. Um, and I worked there. I was supposed to be on call, but it was like part time. So it's like I worked two days a week at the hospital in New Orleans and then drove all the way back and worked um, four days a week at CBS in Baton Rouge. And so I did that for about a year. I started visiting DC because I had um, quite a few friends that were alumni that were going to Howard out here and some were just moving. And so after visiting here a couple of times, I was like, hmm, 
this might be a place to just stay for a couple years. (laughs) 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 I had so much fun, you know, hanging out here. So um, I was like, okay, let me try to see if I could, you know, find a job. So I felt like it was a blessing. It was like, okay, this is the answer because I got paid to move here. Wow. And they gave me a sign-on bonus. You know, so it, I kind of felt like I'm not losing anything. So my parents thought I was nuts. If anybody knew me back home, they would have never thought I would have ever moved from home. Um, my, my grandparents at the time, they were like, what are you doing? Like, you moving all the way out there? You're so far away from us. What's going to happen if something happened to you? They were like totally against it. So I'll never forget the only person that would help me move was my cousin. And... Damn. Me and him, I had like a little H3 Hummer. So we got in that Hummer, um, <laughs> packed it up, loaded up. Um, the moving company came to move my furniture. Um, and then we drove to Atlanta. And so I stayed with one of my um, friends I went to college with. And then we got back on the road the next morning and finished driving um, up to DC. Was you nervous about moving to DC? I was. i never forget the day. So my cousin came with me. And he stayed for maybe a week with me. And the, the day I dropped him off to the airport, I cried. <laughs> I was like, I hope I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're fairly young, right? Yeah. So when I moved here, I was 24. Damn. Um, Damn. I did have two cousins that lived here. So I had um, a cousin on my mom's side. He and his fiance lived here. So they helped me find my apartment. Um, and then I just so happened to have one of my first cousins on my dad's side that had just moved out here because he started playing for the Ravens. Um, so, you know, I had a little bit and then maybe I think in maybe 07, 07, my other cousin, his brother got drafted and moved out here. So then I started having like a little bit of family here. But it sounds like when you first got here, even though you had that family here, you wasn't really close with them. Well, this is what happened. So we weren't we weren't close, close, but we were like still close enough. Like that was family that you would still see on holidays. Okay. You know oh, think? okay, okay, okay. So but what happened was soon as I moved here, like two months later, they moved to Atlanta. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's messed up. Like y'all. There's nothing here. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of like that That first year, I just kind of like worked on getting acclimated to the area. So I never forget, we went to, um, my, my girlfriend took me, um, well, she was going to medical school at Howard. So I never forget, we went to the Target at PG Plaza before I moved here. And we were asking around about different places where a pharmacist should work. And so we met this young lady that was a pharmacist. She was she was black at the PG Plaza Target. And she was like, whatever you do when you move here, don't work in DC because it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. Don't work in DC. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't work in DC. <laughs> um, so um, I ended up moving to Virginia and I started my pharmacy career on the East Coast in Northern Virginia. Um, okay. so I guess I, I guess they still consider DC su- Southern since we were below the Mason Dixon, but um, the closest I was getting to the East Coast was Arlington when I moved here. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah, that's 
Yeah, that's that's the whew, that's the pricey side of town. <laughs> I guess they didn't tell you that, huh? No, but I, to, to me, after visiting like Maryland, DC, and then Virginia, like that was the closest to home for somebody that never left Louisiana. <laughs> Arlington. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, well, I started out in Alexandria, and so I didn't really care for the area of um, Alexandria I was living in. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so okay. I liked Arlington because it kind of gave you a little, uh, it kind of eased you into a city. That okay, sense. okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you pay for that ease, though. Whew. Yeah. Because <laughs> we live. They Arlington. gave me. They gave me money to move here. Remember that. Yeah, but that don't mean <laughs> need to go to one place. Let me tell you, when I moved here, my friends, I had one um, classmate that was from here and she kept trying to get me to buy a house. And so when I left Louisiana, I already had a house. So I just rented my house out while I moved here, which actually helped not make the shock of how much rent calls here <laughs> as uh, shocking as it could have been. Um, and I was thinking to myself, ain't no way I'm going to buy, you know, a house for the amount of money y'all are buying houses for out here. No, 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 no. Um, and I'm glad I did wait because, I mean, then 2008 came and you had the housing crash. You know, uh, you know, people were upside down. I forget when I moved here, people were like, you got to live in Fort Washington. Mm. You got to live in Fort Washington. And then I never forget my um, partner, the other pharmacist that I worked with. He and his wife bought a house in Fort Washington, and then in, when 08 hit, there they were underwater with their home. Yeah, 08 was a 08 was a rough year. Yeah, so I was like, I'm I'm glad I chilled out in the apartment as long as I did. <laughs> what What made you choose the 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 field you went into? So I actually cho- chose the field pretty early. So I know I always wanted to work in the medical field, but I wanted to to make sure that the profession I chose would allow me to be independent. So, uh, I, and I did not want to have to touch people, but had I known I was going to eventually have to touch people because we ended up having to do flu shots, I would have just went on ahead and became an MD instead of a PharmD. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, but I had to, I really evaluated what profession can I come out of school making six figures right out of school? And I started looking into that in the 10th grade. So I was determined to get to that end. And I never forget when I started at Xavier, you do this pre-farm. And so um, my first year of college, I kind of got like, I was always like an AB student, but, and I never had to study to get those A's and B's. So it's just me you know, really being focused and paying attention and just get that. But when I got in college, I realized I really needed to study. And so my first semester was like drastic because I never forget the courses I had. I had like pre-calculus, I had biology, chemistry, like all, all these classes in one semester. Cause you, it's like pre-farm was kind of like a crash course. And like, er, it's basically everything that you would do from your freshman to your um, junior year packed in two years. Damn. And so I never forget I got my first D. And I was <laughs> like, what I'm doing is not going to work. So 
I never forget because I was like, I did not want to take remedial math. And I should have went on ahead and just took remedial math because I ended up having <laughs> to take that pre-calculus class. Anyway, because I was like, nah, I ain't going to be in a remedial class, but I should have went on ahead and took that remedial class. So if you have younger that, listeners that's listening, nothing is wrong with taking a remedial class. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just hearing that remedial in front of you. That makes um, it sound a lot worse than what it is. Yeah, so, and I never get my, so my grades were so bad, and the lady, um, we used to have counseling, she was like, I don't know if you're going to be a pharmacist, and I was like, shit, I'll be damned if that's not going to happen, like, I got too much to lose, so <laughs> it's just like, and I had that mind frame the whole time, like, it caused too much to fail, I had to pay my home way through school, so I was like, no, okay, we got to do this, Um, so thank God, you know, everything worked out, and here I am, a pharmacist, almost it was 15 years later. Wow, that's a blessing. What was that? What was the turning point that, that that helped you turn the corner? Because you said you were struggling at first. So what helped you turn the corner? So I had to set up boundaries. Um, and I'll say, like, like my mom, like I had two younger sisters, and my sisters were like um, nine and eleven years apart. So like I used to help my mom a whole lot with my sisters because my stepdad um, worked, um, he drove trucks cross country. So she relied on me a lot. And I had to just tell her like, mom, like I can't help you <laughs> anymore. Like you gonna have to get your sisters, your mama, somebody else to help you <laughs> with your children because I can't do it. Um, so I'm not forgetting it. And then I stayed on, I stayed home and I commuted all the way from where we lived to New Orleans. So that was about like a, a 45 minute commute every day or longer. It could be an hour and a half commute depending on traffic. So what I turned, what the turning point was, okay, I want to get into pharmacy school. I, it's not a choice that of not getting in. So I moved on campus um, and that helped me focus. So that allowed me, what I really loved about Xavier is that they really built up a community of young black men and women that really work together to see each other win like all of us you know it wasn't I mean of course it's a little bit of competition you know here and there but it was like healthy competition and I think that I mean they really celebrated that type of environment so I'm always thankful to my HBCU um, that I went to. I'm glad I chose Xavier. I never forget I wanted to I wanted to go to Howard. My mama was like you better go to that Howard in the city. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm happy that I, I made that decision to go there because um, I was able to meet some wonderful young men and women that I still have a relationship with today. So it's nice to know, like, you know, I have the luxury of if I'm sick or if I'm, you know, if I have a family member that's sick, I probably can call pretty much anybody in any specialty and call them and get them on the phone and ask for help. Man, that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. If you, you mentioned that going to Xavier, like they, they, um, they gave you like a family environment, like a closeness. Can you, do you ever think about if you went to like a, another school? Well, it wasn't like that, probably like a, a more predominantly white school. Do you think it would have been different? Like possibly you didn't finish? I, I probably, I, let me say I, I would have finished, but it would have probably taken me longer. And I'll say because 
and it, and and not all HBC are all HBCUs aren't like Xavier. I will say that I'm like a a, a real promoter of Xavier because my sisters went to Southern, and they did not um, flourish as well as I did. Now one started at Xavier, but was not focused. So everybody is different too. So long as you're, long as a child has their focus, and long as they're not easily like. Um, moved from what it is that they're you know they're determined to do then I think they'll flourish wherever they are but I felt like with an HBCU they took more time they gave you more care um particularly with Xavier like you had a counselor that was assigned to you the minute you got there they put you in study groups the minute you got there um, you had somebody to tutor you in any and every subject that there possibly was and I know other schools have that too but it's nothing like having somebody that looks like you yeah. that's going through the same thing as you to help you. I never forget there's a gentleman that lives that's from this area. Um, that's why I was like, y'all got some smart people from this area. Because um, <laughs> uh, he's a neuro, um, he's a neuro physician. Um, y'all, so that he's he's from Maryland. Um, went to Xavier for pre med. I don't, I can't, I don't know where he went to medical school at. Um, but um, yeah. I never forget people used to, um, when they would meet him, they didn't realize that he was a tutor because he had a stutter, um, but he was smart, like straight A student. And he tutored all of us in like chemistry wow. and biology. It was crazy to see like all these people come into that session and this guy was like teaching all of us. And he was, just, he was like y'all age? He was a year older than us, yes. Damn, so he was, yeah, he was about yeah. <laughs> Let's transition to your um, business because I know it's, that's, in, that's very important to you. Mm -hmm. What year did you establish it? So I started, I established the business in 2018, but I did not launch it until 2019. So the goal was to make sure, of course, that I had all my ducks in a row. I, I looked at this business as something that could potentially be not just local to the DMV area, but something that I would love to branch out nationwide. Um, so I wanted to make sure I protected the brand um, by you know, getting the license licenses I needed and getting trademarked. Um, so I spent the time doing that. And then in 2019, March of 2019, we officially launched. So um, we started by getting into some of the local um, co-op brand stores so like we started with Femme Fatale so there that there were a group of all women owner well all women makers in the DC area um and they had a pop-up and so I was able to launch at the same time as they began their pop-up which was really cool to see your stuff you know your product in a actual store as soon as you launched so I did my that that first that whole 2018, I kind of looked at everything that was going on with my brand. So I wanted to create a clean and natural line of skincare aromatherapy with the hopes to eventually be able to move more into homeopathics. Um, right now I specialize in infectious disease, specifically um, in HIV medicine. So that's what I do full-time. So full-time, I run the AIDS Drug Assistance Program for um, the DC Department of Health, which has been a very rewarding career. So 
I get plenty money to help a very vulnerable population get their medication and their health benefits, um, which takes a big burden off of their load. So transitioning back to my business, I felt, I felt like if I could do that with that business, I should be able to do that with the clean beauty side. So I'm, I know how to do on the drug side, how to get things that are quality at good pricing. So I wanted to be able to offer people instead of using toxic, you know, lotions and soaps and, you know, feminine care products. I wanted to be able to give them what a, a, a nice front end pharmacy would look like where you didn't have to question whether the products were good for you. And then if you had any pre-existing conditions, we were there to help safely, um, will help you safely choose which items you could still use as clean and natural without compromising your current state. Wow. Wow. How do you, wow, with, with the, cause you work full time and you just starting the business. How do you, how do you balance that with your time? How do you balance the two? So I, people always ask me if it, about balance. I, I, it's, I, I feel like balance is, is, is kind of like a myth. Like it's, you just have to have that kind of go get them, you know, personality or just soul. Like if it's something that you want, you're going to do whatever you got to do to get it. Um, you go sacrifice what you have to sacrifice to get it, not sacrificing things that mean, you know, the most to you. So of course, family always comes first, but there's times I'll tell you that I do not like, I'm not a social media person, but I know how social media is. If I, if I don't get on social media once a day, I know I'm going to lose my followers. So what I've done is, is been able to build a community around the brand. So what we do, we offer a wellness Wednesday each Wednesday, and we talk about different health topics. And we usually try to mix the health topics with non-traditional medicine. So now, you know, people, you know, we've been told to take prescription medication all the time, but not, you know, really researching other natural alternatives that are available. So I'm here to also help people who are newly on their journey for wellness and just trying to figure out where do I start, right? A lot of people, they want to become healthier, but they don't really know where to start. So, you know, being a part of the community helps kind of give them some guidance on certain things or topics that they may have not heard about. Or even if they are currently like on, you know, different medications, like the last Wellness Wednesday we did was on open enrollment. A lot of people may not be really focused on open enrollment because of all of the other things that are kind of blurring our minds right now with the pandemic, which is important for us to be vigilant on. But it's very important right now for people to really pay attention to the open enrollment period um, is actually going to be ending soon, December 15th. So if anybody is listening, so I don't know if you're going to be publishing this before December 15th. I'll make um, sure to. But um, there's certain deadlines that are coming up, especially if you're Medicare eligible. December 7th is a, is a deadline because you want to be able to start your benefits on January 1. Um, there are qualifying events that allow people to um, enroll outside of that normal period. And I'm telling you, like, use them. If, if you forget 
come up with a qualifying event <laughs> to get your benefits. <laughs> so, you know, if the address change, use that, you know. So. Oh, that's a qualifying event? Yeah, if you had a change of residence. So if you moved to a different zip code, that's a qualifying event. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people think like there's people that's losing their job. So some people are automatically thinking, oh, I need to get on COBRA. No, don't do COBRA. Get into your local health exchange and sign up. And, you know, there should be a way. I know a lot of people may not want to get on Medicaid, but that's better than being on COBRA because wow. you're going to have to come out of pocket with so much um, to pay. So... Like I said, we, we try to capture things that are current. Um, some things that are like like big topics, like some people now are getting into adaptogens. Um, that's a new thing. Um, people are you know doing Reiki. So uh, I actually got to text one of my alumni back too. So that's another great thing about having the alumni group that I come from. So I have a lot of professionals I can reach out to and have them on my wellness Wednesday. Um, so we're going to have a, a pharmacist that's also a Reiki um, instructor what it wait a minute what's that term again it's called reiki so it's one of those like chinese um medicine type of um practices where they really focus on um getting your chakras aligned and like really focusing on the mind and, and finding areas of, of the body that you may need to um realign so that you're not as stressed mm. so that I'm looking forward to that one. I actually had Reiki done and I think it works. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it it sounds. Some people think it's like a head massage, but it's just a little bit more like it's just like they're using their energy to kind of get you aligned. Um, but it, it's pretty cool. It's a head, you said it's a head massage? Yeah, some people think it may just be like a head massage, but they'll start with putting putting their hands on your head and like channel, channeling like, you know, your energy into them and trying to like align your energies the way it should be according to your chakras. And you had it so that's done? A whole other practice. And you had it done, you said? Yeah. And you found it beneficial? I did. I felt relaxed after. <laughs> Does insurance cover it? I, I don't think they do, but I, I I feel like one great thing that will come out of this pandemic is that um, there's more practitioners, whether it be pharmacists, dietitians, physicians are moving into integrative medicine. So what integrative medicine does is it combines both Western um, medicine with Eastern. Um, so non-traditional medicines with what our current, you know, medicines are with you know combining pharmaceuticals um mm -hmm. to our regimens so i think i think it's going to be coming like they a, a lot of people probably have mental health issues after this pandemic oh, being locked in your house all this time <laughs> so <laughs> anything that has a little bit of science behind it i think they're gonna um they're gonna be into um i i know some people that love adaptogens adaptogens are made from um the roots of mushrooms, um, and some of them have a lot of um, a lot of research um, that states that they could actually help your body um, adjust to the stressors. So what they do is they they work as a defense 
um, mechanism against any stresses that you um, encounter. So some of the most common that you probably have heard of um, that are considered adaptogens is ginseng. A lot of people think of ginseng as something to give you like a burst of energy. So I'm, I'm sure you've seen that before, right? You say ginseng? Yeah. Yeah, I heard of I've, yeah. it's so like that's, that's I, I see it mostly example. in teas though, right? Like yeah, a lot of teas. but that's okay. an example. Yeah, so the adaptogens usually are in a powder form or a tea or like a, a like a vitamin um, capsule type of thing. And you said the root of it is from mushrooms. Some of them are, yeah. So you know, people plant. thinking about the shrooms, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not that well look some of them aren't those kind of shrooms but i think there's a few that kind of go into that direction <laughs> but so I've, I've heard that though that shrooms are actually taken in moderation are actually okay for you i don't know if you can speak i don't know that. i don't know because i've never tried that <laughs> um, <laughs> but um the most common ones now that people are into are ashawanga um, you'll, I don't know if you pay attention to some of these commercials with, um, probiotics. So lately they've been, um, talking about this one, um, probiotic called Align and Align is actually FDA approved as a probiotic. Um, but they have some, um, they have a new formulation that has ashawanga in it. And so what ashawanga does, it also helps the body, um, to be able to fight off um, different stressors in it, or if you're experiencing stress, it helps lessen what that your, what your body would feel. Um, and another one that's common is called Rishi. Um, that's another um, one, and that's a, that one is supposed to help you with your mood as well as as well as your cardiovascular. But that that's all anecdotal on those. Um, well, let me say on the Rishi side, Ashawanga has a has much ginseng, and Ashawanga has more. Um, research behind its effects on helping reduce stress, um, ginseng with giving you more energy. Uh, when you were when you were studying medicine in school, do they do they give you? Do you have to do research on Eastern medicine as well? The only um, thing we did research on outside of regular pharmaceuticals, we did some herbals. Um, so we did um, study like your most common herbals, um, and all of the. All of these things, especially if you take other medications, they have the um, ability to probably cause an interaction. So um, that's another reason for us, because we also, so the Wellness Apothecary also provides consults um, for people who are already on medications and maybe considering some of these things. So we help you safely use, you know, some of these alternatives too. How did COVID impact your business? Because, I mean, we all going through it. So for us, it's kind of hard to tell because we're, you know, we just launched in 2019, right? So the first two years is usually the roughest for your business. <laughs> um, I will say we're doing much better than we did the first year. The first year, I really focused on brand awareness. Um, so we kind of went hard the first year with like um, doing different um expos and different conferences so um, we started in um, March we did the um, launch with the Femme Fatale group but that pop-up um, we launched our online site so everything is online we have an online apothecary shop um, we did in-person events um, with a group called Unique Markets that's out of LA so they did a, um, a big event here at Union Market so we participated with them at each event that they did last year 
Um, and then we also did a, um, a wellness retreat with a well-known group called Am Noir um, that's owned by Christina Rice. Um, she's, a, she's a former publicist outside of, that's in Atlanta, um, but she did a really nice event that had a lot of um, like young professional women, um, some well-known that, that headlined the event that were there to, um, and we actually, that event actually was at the, um, one of the spas that Oprah is known for going to in Arizona is a wellness retreat spa. Mm. And so that's where the expo was, but that was a really great event to meet a lot of, um, a lot of um, black women um, that were centered around wellness. So we did that event. Um, we did another event in New York, which was our biggest event. Um, we did the Indie Beauty Expo. So that's where we got exposed to pretty much every buyer in the clean beauty um, industry. So we were approached by um, a buyer from Nordstrom's um, as well as um, Amazon, um, there's a, comp a wholesale group called Bulletin. We ended up getting an account with Bulletin. So we get wholesale orders through them now. Um, wow. We did not end up, the, the, the account through Nordstrom's fell through because I wasn't, I wasn't ready for Nordstrom's. They wanted um, significant amount of units. So that's one thing about a business. It's like Sometimes you need to scale a lot. Some people want to scale quickly, but with scaling quickly, you have to have the money there to scale yeah. quickly as well. So now what I'm learning is like to scale at my own pace and scale at a pace where I'm ready to be able to handle something as big. Um, so when you think about people like Lisa Price that owned Carol's daughter, it was a while before she got that big. And it allowed her to be able to scale the company and, and, you know, really take the time to build the company the way she wanted versus just going big at first and not really knowing whether or not that, that, you know, group of customers or consumers will just look at you as a one hit wonder, or if you would be around for a long time, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And then or even being able to survive it because with getting those accounts, you have to be able to produce the stuff just as fast um as they need it yeah that could be tough how would you compare yourself to the woman you are today and the woman you was when you packed up that h3 um i could say uh, that's a that's a hard question for me to answer and i'm gonna tell you why I feel like the person that packed up that car was just like, you know, I'm, I'm here to go wherever my faith leads me, right? And, and I, I still feel the same way. So, you know, I kept having this in the back of my mind. Um, I always never wanted to just settle for just being a pharmacist and that's it. I wanted, I wanted to be comfortable, but now more than ever. So I can say, what's, what's the difference between me and that person is now knowing how much more important it is to be even more assertive at having something that I can pass down now, even more so now that I'm a mother. So I don't want to just have a legacy um, of being a pharmacist. I want to have a legacy that I could pass on to my daughter as well. That's a blessing. I want to thank you for doing this. It's truly been an honor and pleasure talking to you. 
Um, I want to congratulate you on the success of your business and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you. I appreciate it. Can you tell the people how to um, support you, how to follow you and all, and how they can get your products as well? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at the, at the wellness apothecary. So I know it's a long word. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're also on Facebook, the wellness apothecary. And then you, um, you can um, shop now with us on twapothecary.com. So that's twapothecary.com. Um, and then right now during the holidays, we're doing a lot of um, different deals because we're trying to get people, um, you know, ready for the holidays before it gets too crazy. Um, so yeah, check us out, um, sign up, subscribe, check out our Wellness Wednesday, you know, learn some information and yeah, we'll be happy to have you in our community. Definitely. I want to, again, thank you for doing this. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. And my Facebook page is also conversations with Lamp. Thank you all again. Have a great day.